It's green for go. They're racing. He says go. He says Tara. And Tiger Tara rolls away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism at its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race. The rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat. A miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to episode six of the Sprint Lane. Uh, Jess Watkins, Freddie Hastings are with me. Sophia Arvidsson's on the panel today. We're blessed with uh, with a great all-star panel. And we've got an outside broadcast, Freddie. Here we are, episode six. Hang the expense. We're broadcasting <laughs> live trackside here at uh, Club Menangle. We are. Look, if you're tuning in on the live stream, you're in for a visual treat today because not only have we got Sophia and Jess on the show <laughs> and Freddie and I, are the, obviously the thorns in between two lovely roses, but, but you're right, we are on the presentation dais here at Tabcourt Park Menangle today. It's a beautiful day. We figured it's going to get a little bit too hot come December, January, so let's do it now, Jess. There are some ominous clouds, though, behind us. There are. Fingers crossed the rain can hold off for the next 45 minutes in a bin or else could, we could get a bit of frizzy he- hair going. Frizzy hair? Yeah. <laughs> how, do you, how do you go with electricity, <laughs> Sophia? Yeah, I'd be a bit more worried about that, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but it is a beautiful day and, uh, look... Um, our, our connections at Tabcourt Park Menangle have had the weather ra- radar out. They assure me it is not going to rain for the next 50 minutes and therefore it's not going to rain for the rest of the afternoon. So, Freddie, we're going to have some good racing this afternoon. Yeah, good racing as always, uh, Paul. We, we see, uh, you know, the great uh, drivers strutting their stuff as well here on a Tuesday and, uh, you know, as far as the news goes, I think the dominance of Cam Hart in the last uh, uh, week, uh, starting from last Tuesday through until uh, through until yesterday, uh, he's driven uh, ten winners. Um, just having a, a, an incredible uh, run at the moment, Cam Hart. He's uh, he must be one that you know, as someone relatively new to New South Wales racing, Sophia, you must look at someone like Cam and think. What's he doing that's so good? Why does he keep getting winners? I mean, good horses are one thing, but there's a, there's an art and a skill to what he does on the track, isn't there? Yeah, it's beautiful to watch. Um, he's very talented um, at what he's doing, obviously, and um, it's been a lot of hard work put into that too, I'd say. Okay. Well, speaking of Cam Hart, um, he, was, uh, he was at the peak of his powers Saturday night, Jess. We had a great night of racing here. Let's have a look. Let's, let's start with the conversation around Tay-Tay. What a performance, 150.6, one by nine metres. Uh, Jason Grimson's obviously got Tay-Tay, but you know, Cam, just when he pushed the button, it was go time. There was so much to like about this win from Tay-Tay to come from as far back as she did in that field and just motor home. And then you saw her as she come back into scale. She still had the plugs in. So I think she'll be deadly come the final Saturday week's time. Must have been fun to call, Freddie. Well, when they went down the back, she was in a lot of traffic. There were horses all around her and Cam didn't panic. He knew what he had, you know, hold of. And once he got her to the outside, her acceleration, and it's always been a, a hallmark of any good horse, whether it's a thoroughbred or whether it's a standard bred, if they've got that pickup and that acceleration, then you know they're in that elite sort of level. And she did that. She picked them up in the twinkling of an eye and posted good time. And uh, look, I was uh, Cam Braveview Kelly going back a, a few weeks ago, but Tay-Tay has really grabbed hold of my attention. She is top shelf. Got a Tay-Tay song that we can embed into the... Into <laughs> I don't the, think you want me singing. <laughs> I kind of managed to get it last week, but I'm out of ideas, apart from Shake It Off. You got a favourite Tay-Tay song, Jess? Shake It Off. 
that's that's about it. It's the only no, one no, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in all sorts of trouble. One of the best artists going around. Uh, does that mean we're getting old? Song. Is that what it means? Well, you talk about Caligula every week oh, from no. 1990. So I tell you what, that's coming too. I that, thought that it would be. Yeah. Uh, look, that was the first. That was well, that was the second of the heats. The marker was set down with Orchid Stride. Jack Trainer was really good. Uh, 151.1 Orchid Stride in that first heat. Laid down a marker because this was a. a Fast race uh, or fast racing incentivised category, Fred. It was, and when when uh, Orchid Stride went one fifty one one, I thought, well, there's the standard. But then Tay Tay said, "Hold my beer," and uh, came out and went one fifty and six, and did it as Jess said. The plugs were still in. Cam had plenty of horse left, and uh, the benefit of that fast time was that Cam then got to, or the connections then got to pick what barrier they wanted to come out of under the, the four-year-old system for barrier draws and uh, uh, he he got the first say and, and of course picked the best barrier that he thought would benefit Tay-Tay. Yeah, we're going to have a look at the barrier draws a little later on. I've got, for the record, I've got Tay-Tay as a Bubbles girl, maybe not a beer. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think so too. I yeah. think bubbles would suit her. Yeah. Man. Hold my champagne. <laughs> yeah. Well, I reckon, I'll tell you one horse that I reckon is a beer man is Captain's Knock. Uh, won the two year old Colton Gelding semi for Brad Hewitt. Uh, th- this horse just can not put a hoof wrong, Jess. Uh, this was really impressive as well. Yeah, he's really peaking at the right time of the season, isn't he? And we know Brad has what it takes to get a horse to win a Breeders' Challenge final. And no doubt, he's, come the final Saturday week's time, Brad will have him right. So for in a previous life, you were down in Victoria and you would have seen the, the, the Emma Stewart stable just be so good. And, and it does come to New South Wales at times and, and dominate. But I'm pretty happy to say that one from the regional New South Wales got up in the, in the other semi of this one. Uh, better be the best for Nathan Turnbull rolling major celebrity who went round at tomato sauce odds for Mark Pitt and Emma Stewart. And better be the best, Freddie, was pretty good. Did a good job. It's got a great building, a great record, um, having a great run for Nathan. Nathan's team, we've been saying it for the last few weeks, he's been flying. And I had the pleasure of talking to Nathan on uh, Sunday on uh, on the pace on uh, Sydney Radio. And uh, he covers plenty of territory, works hard, um, has, I think he said, 30 horses in work. Um, does a great job and just another of the, the clan, another of the, the dynasty that uh, continues to roll on. And here he is. with a, He's got a couple of uh, group race finalists in two weeks' time, this one in the group one, and, of course, Marmita in uh, the group two four-year-old. Well, look, um, Emma Stewart and Mark Pitt, hard to keep them down for too long. They did go ahead and win the other the other of these races. Um, what a battle. Sophia, major delight. Uh, that's a serious racehorse. Yeah. <coughs> oh. Yeah, um... They're not shy of a good horse, are they, among Clayton? They're good at picking them and they're good at training them and it's really nice to see them turn up here and just do what they did. Freddie, you, you called it straight up, like once they crossed and, and you were straight on, on the money. An Australasian record, uh, 150.5 in the category. Incredible. Took uh, plenty of time off the previous mark. She She's bred in the purple. She's by better delight out of uh, Lady Euthenia. Now, Lady Euthenia goes back. It was an Oaks winner, won a size stakes final, uh, a breeders, uh, uh, sorry, a gold tiara, and is a full uh, sister, Major Delight to Max Delight. Um, so it's in the genes, but she's now unbeaten. She's batting five for five, and you would suspect, even though, uh, you know, uh, Finals are hard to win. She's uh, going to go win, no doubt, as the, the, the nominal favourite. Well, does she, Jess? I mean, all the talk was, was peaceful um, going into this race, and obviously 
you know, major delight obviously was the other conversation. Mm. It did turn into a serious arm wrestle. I mean, they went toe to toe. We thought that the um, you know, Cambosis v Haney fight was the, was the battle of the weekend. But this, this was up to that as well. They went toe to toe the whole way round. And I don't know how you measure it, but how much further did Jack Callaghan take peaceful on that race? Because he sat one outside the whole way round. Yeah, to be sitting without cover, I have to disagree with Freddie there. I think peaceful, especially given the draw, would have to come in. I'm a peaceful as, fan, Jess, and yeah. I tipped, I actually tipped peaceful to beat Major Delight. That's how silly I was. So I, I, I hear what you're saying about peaceful. Yeah, but, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it'll definitely be a good final, but I think I'm going to have to stick in peaceful's corner here. I'm a big fan of her, and I think drawing the pole position in one in the final, I think she'll be hard to beat, and... Sitting without cover on Saturday, I don't think there would have been much more that she could she could have done to have beaten her. Yeah, I don't know how you measure that, but but it must have done what well, another, does, another covers, fifty to hundred metres covers extra yeah. ground. Yeah, definitely I mean, sitting outside and going that time, yeah. um, and that's why the horses back in the field struggle to get into the race when they're running that quick up front. Um, and it's testament. To, look, it is testament to peaceful to sit there and do what she did, but. Uh, uh, gee, major delight. She's a she's a ripper too. Yeah, that's going to be a quality battle. I, I assume that that's how the final might play out too. That we might see those two, you know, doing the rope of dope, uh, back and forth in that final too. Uh, Savion, another win for Ash Gross. Three, look, three seconds slower than the previous semi. Uh, however, um, fantastic Sophia to see girl power coming to the fore. Um, Ash is one of the one of the really lovely people of racing, really unsung, just such a humble person. She goes about a business there in the in the western region, comes to town. She's got this horse flying, uh, uh, and and I can tell you too that on the New South Wales Bread Show the other night, Brittany Graham picked out two horses to watch. She picked out Better Be the Best and Savion. They both landed. So, oh, yeah, how, how good to see Ash Ash get up. Oh though. yeah, <clears throat> very good. Um, I think it's a bit harder for the female drivers up here, and uh, it's a bit uh, you get a bit more of an opportunity down in uh, Victoria, for instance. So it's always good to see one get up. I, I don't. I think she only brought one to town on Saturday night too, and she's sort of been around the place with this horse, and, and it's taking it. Oh, is that three in a row for Savion? Yeah, I yeah think? it is. Yeah. And, and and look, we we had Blake Fitzpatrick as our guest last week, uh, who's a dual licensed duco code licence holder, so is Ash. Ash yeah. uh, trains a small team of thoroughbreds as well, so uh, very adept with uh, with her horse, uh, do you say horsewomanship? Her, her, her horsemanship? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, just doing great things. Yeah, and I saw her in the stables there after that race. You could see how proud she is of this horse and the, and the love and care, and, you know, even giving the horse a nice shower afterwards. It, uh, you know, she really... Julie's taken that under her wing. Um, hey, Freddie, you, you gave us Zeus Bromac as you, as you wanted to watch last week, and it, and it landed 149.4, absolutely flying. Look, I was a little surprised by the time. This is a serious horse, of course. Uh, we've seen him win the uh, – he won the, the uh, free-for-all on that uh, ill-fated Miracle Mile night when the meeting was called off straight after the free-for-all. Uh, he's also been uh, very much to the fore in, in other uh, races. He was placed in the chariots. He's just been a terrific horse. But I must admit, 149.4, I was a little surprised that he had that, that sub-150. He, he's joined that elite sub-150 club. Gee, going back – Oh, maybe 10 years ago, I'm just thinking might have been 11 years ago, uh, the night that uh, Smoking Up became the first horse to break 150 in the Southern Hemisphere and it was one of the bi- and it was so anticipated because we always thought he'd be the horse to do it, Smoking Up, and he did it. But now, if you're not running 150 <laughs> in certain races, you're just not, uh, you're not in the mix. 
You've been, a, you've been in and around Zeus Bromac a little bit, haven't you, Sophie? Yeah, he's yeah. such a cool horse. He's just the tiniest little thing. He looks like a little sausage dog. <laughs> <laughs> he's so cool and, you know, the Fitzpatrick is such a great family, so it's just good to see them. Is that because he's nice got horse. stumpy legs? Yeah. <laughs> a bit like me. I tell you what, we, well, we've had, we've had sausage dogs and dash hounds getting around some of those regional Carnival of Cups mm, leagues yeah. in the last couple and uh, Zeus Bromac goes a bit quicker than them, I can tell you, at <laughs> 149.4. Uh, you just mentioned Blake. Uh, so you gave Zeus Bromac. Look, I, I didn't really tip Killer but I just <laughs> talked about my, my fandom. You know, I went all fanboy on the horse because Blake was here and, you know, we carried on a little bit. But at 17 bucks, um, you know, that, that was a nice win in the last for, for Killigilla. You've been in and around that one too, haven't you? Yeah, I, I can't believe he was paying 17 bucks after because he put a good win in the other week too and he's a strong front runner, so it's hard to run him down, so... Blake gave us a good lead. He said he, he felt the horse was a little flattened after the, the Inter-Dominion series and yep. said he'd pretty much restrict him to mile racing here and he did everything right. Just dominated. Uh, just, just dominated yeah. That, yeah. that last race. Yeah. Um, all right, so, uh, look, Zeus Bromac for me, Caligula for... Sorry for me, yeah. Zeus Bromack for Freddie. Jeez, I'm getting all mixed up with all our success here. We've got one coming up. It should for have you. been a round of applause. Yeah. Ah, uh, well. Right. If, you, if you insist. Okay. Um, we've got one coming up for Jess, though. Yeah. Gee, that was a long applause. Was it? It's because it was for us. <laughs> all right. Look, um, as we said, we're, we're here trackside uh, at Tabcourt Park, Menangle, for a, a wonderful Tuesday meeting. But it's going to be hard to top what last Tuesday. Um, produced, Jess. We, we saw some really elite racing with qualifiers for the Breeders' Challenge. I think we saw two of the real big guns in the three-year-old fillies go around. Let's start with Steno. Um, this this is a, a filly that's come back as a really, really good three-year-old. She has. She obviously won the APG Group 1 final earlier this year and she just continued to go st- from strength to strength and she was ever so dominant on Tuesday. And then Madrid as well, she's the defending champion of the Breeders' Challenge Series and no doubt, I think again, we could see a race in two come final time should they qualify this Saturday night. Yeah, well you talk about a race in two, Madrid won the other uh, heat of that one, Freddie, and almost an identical time. Do you see this being that sort of peaceful v major delight type stash i think sometimes it can get down to barriers when they're that close when, when they're that similar and uh i think it, the barriers you know uh, are going to be crucial um certainly steno i've seen her right from her debut run and, and she's been amazing madrid's been amazing they're, they've just gone through their two-year-old into their three-year-old season and as later three-year-old fillies they're, they're just really racing very very similarly and you'd expect it to be a, a match but, again, it's Breeders' Challenge, and as we've often said, it can throw up a result out of left field. Yeah, absolutely. Look, the horse that dominated in the two-year-old boys' category last year until the final, really, was my ultimate Byron, and sort of become almost the forgotten horse a little bit through the, the three-year-old category for the Colts and Geldings this year. But um, you talked about, you know, horses saying, hold my beer. I think my ultimate Byron laid down that type of type of race here last Tuesday. Look, just got up, as you said, the width of a... A post-it note on the line, Cam Hart said that he always thought he was going to get there and that's the mail that he gave back to, to Jared in the debrief after the race. Uh, you know, really, really gallant performance to get past King Tiger. But is Ultimate Byron the one that we've probably had under the radar for it? He, he did. What I liked about it is he just kept coming and he's probably got into the easier semi this week. So you know he's going to be in the final. And again, it gets down to draws. I think it's fair to say My Ultimate Ronnie has probably surpassed him you would say on results, 
but you can't write my ultimate uh, Byron off. Um, he's actually going to be my horse to follow because I think there was improvement. He, he's just taken a few runs to come back, but he's doing what he needs to do, and I think uh, he'll be the horse to follow. Yeah, he's the sleeper in the series for sure. There was a very, very up and about Kevin Pizzuto after that race. He he was very happy and and in some ways maybe even a little bit disappointed that um, King Tiger didn't get the cash in that one, but but seemed very happy with the performance. So uh, maybe we might get a little bit more out of King Tiger. Uh, Mahomes won the other um, sort of big gun race, I guess, that was going around that afternoon. Three seconds slower than Mildem at Byron, uh, but it was a, a strong performance for it. It was, and the thing with the times, I think because that Mahomes race, it was such an open heat, you had, or a, a very open heat, you had a number of chances in that race. Um, there was uh, Black Onyx, there was um, uh, Mildem at Skeeter, there were a few others there. So it made it quite an open race, whereas you go back to Byron's race, he was expected to win, and... and, and King Tiger was the main danger, and that was kind of it, and that's how it panned out. There was a few chances in in uh, the other heat, and yeah, maybe the way the race was run, Mahomes did what he had to do. Um, he's got a tall order this week in the semi with the barrier, but um, he's just been a terrific horse for connections, and it's great to see the the team here in the the Mahomes jerseys, you yep. know, and you yep. you know, I love that sort of you know, it's like when uh, that trotter that uh, Robbie had, uh, Funky Monkey, was racing, yep. and the the connections turned up with ma- uh, monkey masks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember oh, that? No, I didn't see they all nice. had cardboard cutout oh, wow. monkey masks, and it just <laughs> added to the the atmosphere. I remember uh, Mick Kokas uh, was interviewing them uh, for for. Uh, National Trot Guide and all the owners are there with their monkey mugs. Yeah. It's just something different. And I love that the Mahomes crew get here and they, they're here every meeting and they, they dress they up. It. And, yeah, they love mm. it. And that's what we know. We need that, uh, you know, interest generated uh, and it's great to see. Yeah, I was going to say, if, if races are won on passionate owners, Mahomes probably, mm. probably <laughs> dominates this one. What's it like to drive for those really passionate owners, Sophia? Oh, well, it's good. It's good when you're going good. Uh, it might be a bit harder if you have a bad run, but uh, no, it's always great to see. Um, they just, especially the ones that love their horses. You know, they just um, they care about their horses and they just want them looked after. And it's just, it's so much fun driving for them. Yeah, these boys are, as you said, really passionate. They're here most Tuesdays when Mahomes is running, sitting in the kit, and, and long may I continue. Good luck to them, uh, and I know they're listeners to the podcast too. So, uh, good luck to them uh, as this. Breeders' Challenge moves through the gears and into the next phase. Uh, Constantina, look, I mentioned Kevy Pizzuto was was very happy with King Tiger. I tell you what, he was he was shouting from the rooftops after Constantina delivered and went round as the roughie in the race too at twenty three dollars. So uh, Kevy was was very up and about. He, he he let me he he gave me a little bit of a reminder that make sure you. You mentioned that one, so there you said, go. Hey, bro, make <laughs> bro, make sure you mention it. Yeah, bro. there was a couple of bros, bros here and a couple of other more colourful things that probably can't feature in this podcast for him. Uh, we, we talked about Freddie with Zeus Bramac, me with Caligula, Jess, we, we, we heard you Yahoo and down here. You're down here taking photos on the finish lines. Arvin Banner got up in the last and there we go, we had the clean sweep. Yeah, we did all our black bookers. Mm. See, it pays to follow the sprint lane and punters would have definitely been happy with us three after last week. Well, I, I just have to add, two weeks ago, not to be denied, was my horse mm. to follow and uh, she was beating a, a short half head or a half head in her race. So we're, we're around the mark. So I hope you've been studying the full Sophia. No, no pressure. But the millions of people that tune into the podcast well, we will be... we have a pretty uh, big crowd here today. Yeah, pressure's, yeah. pressure's on when we get to this segment. Come up with something good. You've got about oh, 20 minutes to uh, come up with something. Um, all right, Majestic Cruiser went around and trolled in that race. It wasn't anything amazing. Just basically they wanted the horse to step out. 
No. Um, what was your thoughts? I mean, you called that trial, Freddie. Yeah, just did what he had to do, step away, uh, make sure he's sound from a stand and they've confirmed they're heading to uh, to New Zealand for the Cup um, and it's great that we'll have New South Wales representation. So, uh, um, yeah, I, I think uh, he just did what he had to do, didn't have to beat the clock, didn't have to, just had to step away, got around well, end of story, did what he had to do. What's that pressure like, Fair? So that the onus is on camp, he's, he's got the trial, all the horse has to do is step away. He probably doesn't even think about it like 99% of the time, but the pressure's on to make that horse step away. Well, sometimes you talk about, you know, especially with the trotters, what are you going to do when you're going to pull things, you know, like pull downs or plugs or whatever you are and whatever you're going to do in the run. But I always say, we have to trot first. (laughs) We have to step first. Get away. (laughs) No, he did it well. He had, you know, probably the best in the business at the moment uh, to get the job done and Majestic Cruiser did do that. Um, we, we raced at Penrith on Thursday, as we always do. Jack Trainer had a double there. Cam won the first two at Bankstown yesterday. We raced there. Great to see Bankstown back in action. Brian Portelli had a training driving double late on that card at Bankstown as well. And just there was a, there was a cool race, the last one. It's named after one of the great legends of, of racing, Jack Leonard. The Jack Leonard Memorial Pace that rounded out the card. Um, won by the McDowells and Leighton Green with Bertie Jones. But it was more about you know, remembering Jack Leonard, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. He's, he was, as you just said, a legend of Bankstown and it was great to see the club honour him. He had plenty of great horses come through his stable over the years and I think one that I've definitely heard stories about was Royal Three who actually just got beaten by the great popular arm one night. So it was great to see him honoured and his family, his kids, um, Michelle and Gary and also his granddaughter Holly were there on course yesterday. So that was a really nice thing for the family. I was talking to John Dumasy uh, when we were in the in the office at Bankstown yesterday, and he actually he told me he said there's a there's a legendary story. It, I said when, and he said oh way way back, and uh, where apparently uh, Jack drove the car at Peak Hill, drove the f- whole car. I mean that's a serious achievement, no matter how many races there are, how many how many are going around. That's a, that's a serious car, you know, achievement. Still got to yeah. still got to win, haven't you? That's right. Yeah. It's like when you tip the, tip the card, <clears throat> you know, you tip the card, and people say, ah, oh, there was three odds on favourites. Anyone could have tipped them. They've still got to win. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Absolutely. Doesn't mean anything. That's right. <laughs> Well, one bloke who's got plenty of winners. I mean, we celebrated his 4,000 winners a, a few months ago, um, Steve Turnbull. He had th- so there was three Breeders' Challenge heats for the three-year-olds at Bathurst on Wednesday night. Guess what? Steve won them all. He had Pastor Cheval, Lexi Girl and All-Stars Frankie. So we'll see all of them in action here at Menangle on Saturday night. Amanda Turnbull, well, what do you say? I mean, she just turns up and she wins races. She only, she only drove in six of the eight races. She won four of them. She was second in the other. Look, she just delivers. Sophia, she's just a gun. You look at, yeah, what, what do you make of Amanda? Look. Oh, she's just one of the best. She's just, um, yeah, she, she's just, um, I can't even describe it. Yeah, she's just a gun. Yeah, yeah. competitive, like out there on the track when you've driven against her, is she... She gives no, you nothing. Nothing, no nothing. holds barred, just <laughs> does what she's got to do, get her job done, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that, so we had the barrier draws there on Saturday night in the studio um, for the four-year-old, uh, it was the four-year-old mare's the first one, and um, Amanda literally, she was the last one to arrive because she'd just driven, but came over, still had all the gear on, had a helmet on, just walked in, picked a barrier, came up, talked really eloquently, polite, everything, and off she went, and I thought, she can do it all. She's just she's a seasoned really professional, well. yeah, isn't no she? Fuss. She yeah. just gets the yeah. job done, and that, but that's pretty much, that's the clan, that's the, the, the whole family, and yeah. you talk about that night with Amanda driving four, um, I'm pretty sure, I'm um, just thinking Mitch might have driven Mitch, a winner. Yeah, and, Mitch and had a winner. And their cousin, 
Will Rickson drove a winner on yep. the card as well. Yeah. So it was all in the family. It was only later in the night, I think, the Hewitt, uh, the Hewitt sort of chimed in with a win at the back end of the card. But uh, it was it was all about the Turnbull. Yeah, family. you're right. Scotty Scotty Hewitt had a double. What a, what a legacy, Paul. Yeah. You know, that, that whole oh. uh, Tony Turnbull and, and, and the family, you know, it's incredible. And, and where does it end? Because we talked about the barrier draw. Uh, so better be the best, obviously, was, was involved in that barrier draw. Who comes in? Young Jet. Nathan Turnbull's son comes in and talks like an, probably probably the star, best speaker we had he? in the room. Comes in. Drove a mini trot winner too on yeah. Saturday. So <laughs> he's, he's mad about it. I was talking yep. to Nathan on radio as I said, Jet, he's mad. He lives and breathes it. Yep. Yeah, it's fantastic. And Carly, you know, can't, obviously you can't do anything without a good support unit mm. around you. And Carly Turnbull's a great support to him. So, yeah, it's excellent that the family really um, is entrenched in our sport. And let's hope let's hope there is no... no um, finish line in, in sight for the Turnbull family. We just keep seeing that perpetuated year on year. So as we said, Scotty Hewitt had a, had a double to close out that card there at Bathurst. Um, Bernie Hewitt, four winners at Parks on Friday night. He just turns up and, and delivers wherever we see Bernie. Uh, Lucky Lodge uh, did really well at Newcastle on Friday. Now, Kerry Ann had three winners. Robbie drove three of the first five winners. So across them, the, the, the Morris name kept popping up there at Newcastle and... and um, you know, and I think they get the reward for the work they put in. I mean, we, Freddie and I were talking before the show. You see Robbie here at Menangle on you know, two Tuesdays a week. You see him, uh, sorry, a Tuesday and a Saturday. You see him at Penrith on a Thursday. He's doing Newcastle on a Friday. I mean, the, you know, the, the, they must need to be changing tyres just about every week on their vehicles. But Good thing their horses are winning. Yes. <laughs> Have you seen yes. the price of tyres these days? Yes. So, uh, and the price of fuel, which, fuel, is, uh, yeah. which is about to go up. So, um, yeah, talking about Newcastle, Clayton Harmy, look, he's a gun. He just consistently uh, gets winners in that in that area in Newcastle. He had a treble. Blake Hughes drove two of them. Uh, he had a driving treble himself. So we're getting all these, you know, cluster of wins that we keep talking about each week, particularly when it comes to Clayton Harmy and Blake Hughes. Young on Tuesday, doubles for Matty Rue and Brett Woodhouse. And Peter McRae, who... I think he goes a little bit under the radar there in the Riverina because we, we constantly talk about your Blake Jones, your Blake Mickaliff and Jackson Payne, but Peter McRae is constantly getting, getting winners. He got the first two winners for the season. Now, that was at Canberra on Sunday. So, uh, sorry, da- down there. So, he's going really, really well, uh, Peter McRae as well. So, I thought what we do, Freddie, is, uh, is have a little look at how the barrier draws for the Breeders' Challenge played out. So, as we said, the the... the Four-year-old category for the Breeders' Challenge this year has got a, had a real point of difference where if you race fast, you, you got the reward of being able to choose first. Now, we saw first, first we saw uh, Cameron Hart come in and represent Tay-Tay, and he chose two. And then Jack Trainer chose one. And then it started to fill up from the back. So we're going eight off the front, four off the back. Jess, were you surprised that the, the four at the back filled up so quick? No, not at all. I think that's definitely the place to be. You're going to want to be following speed. And when those two top speed runners picked one and two, you want to be following them. And also when you see that Tay-Tay run the 150 mark, you want to be on the fence. It's probably going to be the best place to be. And being on the back line will give you that best opportunity to get there. So that didn't surprise me. What would you do in that scenario, Sophie? Oh, well, it depends. Unless you have mad gate speed so you can cross both of the two favourites there um, and maybe they can come back around but um, otherwise you'd probably want to be behind them and just up the pegs. So where, where, do, you, where do you not want to be? If you've got eight off the front and four at the back, what's the, the worst scenario, yeah. do you think? Well, 
being the widest runner is never fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless your horse comes out very quick from out there. Yeah. <laughs> we, we saw that, Paul, on, in the heats, those where we had the 8-4, uh, the, the horses that were drawn around the 6-7-8, the they, they were in no man's land. They, they had nowhere to go because by the time they were looking to slot in, the back row forward sort of pushed through underneath them and kept them out wide. And that was where we saw Tay-Tay land back in the field with horses all around her. Uh, there was a, a couple of horses three deep that had to go back because they couldn't get around. So, um, yeah, I, I've got no doubt when you're drawn out wide with that second row pushing through, uh, it makes it very difficult. Um, and therefore that, that back row inside one or two horses are probably a, a good place to be when you've got the favourites drawn near the uh, pole. Yeah, I think it sets up as a fascinating race. Um, let's have a look at the, the two-year-old fillies. Now, we talked about Peaceful and Major Delight being probably the, the two big guns. What, what do we make of the, the draw, Fred? So Peaceful drew one, Major Delight drew ten, which will, you know, pre- under the emergency system probably becomes eight. eight what, yeah. what does that mean? It means that, uh, yeah, she's got a work cut out, Major Delight, because Peaceful uh, gets to hold all the aces, really. Um, but I just think she's such a good filly and, and, you know, takes nothing away from Peaceful. And as I said, I tipped Peaceful on Saturday. I thought Peaceful might have been able to spring a bit of an upset uh, because she's been so good in her uh, campaign. Uh, you know, Cam's done a great job with her. But I, I really think Major Delight, it forces the hand, doesn't it? She's going to have to come up and race Peaceful early. Peaceful has options, take the seat, hunt through. And then it depends what happens in the mid in the middle of the field, whether someone wants to try and really make the favourite work, it's it's a it's a fascinating situation. But I really think they've got to get, obviously come across and have a look with um, with Major Delight. But she's a serious racehorse. Do you think it's a it's a genuine leveller of the playing field now, Sophia? And we, we, we've kind of you know where we saw Peaceful having to sit outside Major Delight on Saturday night. Now that Peaceful's drawn one, Major Delight probably comes into eight. What does that mean for the tactics of the race? Well, I just. You know, Emma and Clayton are very good in having their horses spot on for the big nights. Um, so the horse will be uh, it'll be in good form. Um, but you have a home track adva- advantage too with Jack Halligan driving Peaceful. Is he or is he? Yep. 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 <laughs> yep. I saw he wasn't driving many this week, so I thought he might have been I don't out. think he's given up Peaceful. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'd drive uh, Peaceful if he yeah. <laughs> Um, he knows this track inside out, so um, uh, he'll make it very hard to catch him, I think. Well, does Mark Pitt sort of hit the gas early and try and cross, do you think? Um, well, it wouldn't surprise you if they would. He's I'd got to come across, surely, yeah. Yeah. and have a bit of a, a look and see what's going on. It just depends how much he wants to use her up in that early, in that early burn. Yeah. Well, you're, you're in the peaceful camp, aren't you, Jess? Yeah, and taking nothing away from Major Delight there, I'd never ride off Emma and Clayton. They just know how to get those horses to win the big ones. They're one of the best stables here in Australasia. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a really exciting contest to say I can't wait to see it. Yeah, well, the good thing is they, they both get the week off after because I think they need the break after what <laughs> yeah. they what they put both put themselves through last week. So and That's crucial. That gives them a little bit yeah. of a refresh, um, you know, after the tough run Peaceful had, after the speed that uh, Major's gone. Um, they needed that, and it's going to definitely help. She Major Delight's probably stayed up here. Wouldn't have oh. gone back to Victoria. Oh, they, they like bringing them back home. Yeah? Yep. What Two does the weeks. travel do? What do you think the travel does? Does that does that come into the equation? Oh, it would, but um, they also get to come home to where they're used to being and it's how true. they used to be trained, and you know. So, um, 
Yeah. They, it works for them, so we can't Sets, really comment on it. Yeah. <laughs> Sets up is a fascinating race. That's, there's no doubt about that. Um, let's have a look at the two-year-old Colts and Geldings final and the way that barrier draw played out. I mean, Captain's Knock was was probably the, the one that we identified out of the, the semis the other night. Draws four. Sets up nicely for Brad Hewitt, Fred. Yeah, look, the horses that yeah, potentially look to be amongst the toughest to beat, of the horses that look toughest to beat or to win the race, but certainly Captain Snock's got the best barrier. The other chances are drawn out wide, like Better Be the Best, Model Barno, uh, and, and, major um, celebrity. and major celebrities yep. drawn uh, out, out with them. So, uh, again... Uh, Brad's holding the aces there with Captain's Knock. Um, we saw Model Barno the other night. It showed blistering speed off the outside draw, and just as it was about to cross, went for a gallop. And that sort of changed the dynamics of that race because I've got no doubt Model Barno may have been able to get across. With that in mind, you'd expect similar tactics this week, um, and it'll be interesting to see how Model Barno, or, sorry, next week, how Model Barno will play from the front if he can get across and show sufficient speed to lead them. He was Probably going to lead them on, on Saturday in the semi. Um, Rick flagged his intentions nice and early, and I reckon that probably fired a, a shot across the bow for the others in the final to say, well, the horse does have plenty of gate speed. And I did actually say I wouldn't ride him off, and he's qualified. Um, I've got a sort of a little sneaky hope that he'll run a big race. Ricky talks about that speed, that early gate speed being its, its asset. So, yeah, I mean, it... It did sort of destroy the tactics a little bit. I, I can tell you when we were doing the barrier draw, there was only a couple of people that are connected to these horses hanging around. Ricky was one of them, and I felt for the bloke when out comes 12 for Montalbano again after having 12 the other night, and he just, he did sigh. <laughs> Poor bloke. Don't blame him. But but yep. there were positive signs with that run, and, yeah. and I think, uh, you know, as I said, he's at least flagged his intention and showed the others in the race, hey, I've got plenty of gate speed. Um no doubt if he doesn't mix his gait, and he didn't go into a full-blown gallop, but he mixed his gait sufficiently to go off stride and, and the others all hunted through, and then he had to do it, you know, a little bit differently than he probably would have intended. But I think there's signs here Model Barno can run a good race. But certainly from the barrier draw perspective, um, Captain Snox got uh, fa- fared the best. Okay. Even if he can't use his gait speed, he's, he's a very fast horse, mm. um, so he'll be able to use the um, at the finish yeah. instead. Absolutely. Sets up for a fantastic final here at uh, Tabcourt Park and Angle in just under a fortnight. All right. Best thing you saw this week. Now, Sophia, I know that you were, you were at the Everest on Saturday. You're not allowed to talk about the gallops on this show, but I, but I take on board that Giga Kick was pretty special. Um, how was it out there? Um, well, it was a bit hard to see the horses because there was that many people <laughs> on course. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was a great. It was a great day out. There was. Um, I've never been to Randwick, so uh, it was just uh, awesome to uh, um, see it on a day like that. Yeah, look, they they have done a great job. There's no doubt about it. And um, you know, l- let's hope that you know we can see some of the flow on of that. That when we get to the big, you know, our miracle miles, and obviously we had good crowds here for the Inner Dominion, despite the you know the state of the world, you know, through COVID and that. So. Um, let's hope. Yeah, you know, it's certainly if racing's in a good spot, the whole industry's in a good place, and, and hopefully we can sort of take advantage of that. Fred, uh, what's the best thing you saw this week? I think I, I touched on Cam Hart, but I'm going to go down the path of the the, the fillies and the mares that have raced here. Major delight, 
and peaceful and Tay-Tay. And you, you fast forward to this weekend where you've got the three-year-old Philly semis, Madrid and Steno, and you've got Brave View Kelly back. It's just the, these uh, races, these Phillies races have been, and Mayors races have been super. And it's really good in New South Wales that we've got um, yeah, really good mares like Brave View Kelly and, and like Tay-Tay that are flying the flag um, with... A view to the mayor's races coming up at the carnival in February. So uh, I, I thought that the, the dominance of some of the, the fairer sex has been very, very uh, good over the last week. What about you, Jess? Yeah, heading down to the Riverina region, and we saw earlier this month the meeting was transferred from Albury on a Friday to Riverina Paceway at Wagga purely because of the inclement weather that was predicted. And I saw yesterday Riverina Paceway announce on their socials that they'll be returning the favour and gifting them a meeting back on the 18th of November. So that was great to see. I always love seeing those clubs working in together to get the best outcome for participants, owners and sponsors. So well done to them. Best thing I saw was seeing 10 connections all turn up on time for the four-year-old barrier draw uh, that we live-streamed on Sky Racing Active on Saturday night. They all turned up. They all did absolutely as instructed, came up, gave a great little comment about their horse, and off they went, and it, and it went perfectly. So well done to everyone who participated and played ball with that. Let's hope, it, let's hope the same thing happens when we do the same sort of system this Saturday night for the for the four-year-olds. Um, we actually didn't get... I, I planted the, the words in your mouth around the area. <laughs> so what, what, what was the best thing you saw, Sophia? Come well, on. Well, I think you, um, you did uh, plant the right words because <laughs> <laughs> it was a very good day. <laughs> yeah, it did look, it did look and good. And nice to see a young trainer have such a yeah. uh, massive win yeah. uh, on one of the biggest days of the year. Absolutely. All right, Sophia, it is fantastic to have you uh, on the show with us. What we like to do is try and peel back the onion a little bit on, on the people who come and join us on the show. Um, right, so your accent, for those who are, who are picking up on it while they're tuning in, give us a little bit of the Sophia Arvison story. Uh, well, I, I'm Swedish, or I grew up in Sweden, and then I went travelling uh, to see the world, and uh, <laughs> eventually I ended up um, doing... Working with harness racing in uh, Victoria, and I just fell in love with it. So, um, where did you get to? Like, you ended up in Australia, but what, so what are some of those travels? What What are we talking about? Oh well, I went to Central America first, and I learned to surf, and I went backpacking there for a bit uh, on my own. Then I um, moved to New Zealand for a bit, worked um, worked as a bartender, and uh, you know, had a good time. <laughs> and then I moved to Melbourne after that, did the same, and. Um, I had to go and do some farm work to get my visa, and that's when I started with the with the trotters. And, and so, learning to surf in in Costa Rica, uh, yes, in Costa Rica. How are you applying the learn to surf skills from Costa Rica <laughs> into the harness racing industry? Oh well, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure, sure how to answer that. that. <laughs> because I must admit, sitting here at an angle, I can't see a wave anywhere near. It's like, <laughs> you should come here when the place is under flood. <laughs> There's some waves. See plenty yes. of waves this year. You, you didn't have any harness or any horse experience, really, any harness racing experience when you took the job in Victoria. Uh, I had horses. I had riding horses, horses yeah. back home, and I was competing in dressage and show jumping and that. But not, but, not but never sat behind a trotter or anything. We know, obviously, back home in Sweden that ha that trotting is so strong over there. Did you ever go to the elite lop? Do you ever want to go back to the elite lop and hopefully <laughs> land a steer? I actually, I still haven't been. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my list. I uh, I was home that time of year a couple of years ago, and uh, but I had a 
had a party or something on that night. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> so yeah, I will, I will definitely go uh, when I get get a chance. You obviously have had success in the driving ranks, both in Victoria and here, but you're also uh, dabbling in training. And tell us the, the difference, the, the, the pressure that comes, you know, you, you finish a race when you're driving and you're just driving the horse, you hand it over to the trainer and say thanks for the drive, went good. When you're training one, you've got to bring it to the races, you've got to drive it, you've then got to take it home, you've got to care for it, It's plan its next run, plan its training. What pressure does that bring? Um, yeah, fair bit. I'm. I only have a very small team at the moment, but I have been um, doing this for. A, are you feeling the sprinkles from the? My <laughs> <laughs> no sprinkles. Oh, I'm, I'm actually sorry to cut you off. The wind has got up here, and I'm looking at our lights on our little makeshift studio here, and they are shaking around like, uh, like, um, yeah. I, which has me concerned, but no, no, I didn't mean to go <laughs> Well, I was going to say, it's just, it's something I've been doing for a few years now, uh, being responsible for horses and their training, and um, it, it does, it's hard to switch off, because um, you're constantly thinking about what the horses need, um, and what's your next move, and, uh, you know, things like that, so, uh, but you also get a lot of reward when they do go good, and it doesn't matter, it doesn't need to be a good horse, um, even if it's a lesser horse, just when you improve them, it's just that sense of achievement that you've made it better, and that's all on you. And it's just that's just the best feeling. You, you, you've come a long way, Sophia. I mean, you, you group three group ones to your to your name. I mean, to to go from having zero pedigree in the sport to surfing in Costa Rica to <laughs> I don't know what bartending in New Zealand, <laughs> bartending in New Zealand <laughs> to you know to to go to be a group one. Group one winning driver and and end up taking care of horses and plotting their their trajectory on behalf of owners. That's a that's a seriously rapid rise. I, I I think you you know I hope that you take a moment to sort of reflect on your achievements and and feel really satisfied with that. I do. Um, sometimes, yeah. I think I'm a very driven person, so it wouldn't have mattered what sort of industry I would have chosen to go into. I think I would have uh, found success either way. Um, but I just yeah, um, I fell in love with this sport. Um, it is hard. There's a lot of hard days, uh, but you know the highs are so high, and um, it's just it's the best when you're successful and you man. You know, I've had a great season. Um, I won, yeah, I won my first group one on New Year's Eve, and then I won two more this season, and I've had a lot of winners. So um, it's quite unbelievable, actually. I um, <laughs> to. Uh, had the opportunity to sit behind the horses I have and uh, been in the races I have. Um, I've really enjoyed the ride and I'm really grateful for all the opportunities I've had so far. Have you circled a race? Yeah, you three, three group ones to your name now. Obviously, you, you've had a taste of that. Have you circled a race and said, that's the goal? Well, you're not supposed to tell people about your goals because that's when... <laughs> it's only us three. <laughs> no one else is listening. No. no. <laughs> What, what is that race? What's what, what? Well, I think it's everyone would love to win an Inter Dominion. Mm. Um, Paces or trotters? Oh, trotters. trotters yeah. <laughs> well, I'll take it either way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, look, it, it's fantastic to have you in New South. Obviously, you said you started your journey in Victoria. It's great to have you in New South Wales, but it's really, really cool to have you part of our ranks here. And you know, let's hope that that continues for a long time because you're, you're certainly making your mark here. And um, and Freddie, Freddie. 
looks forward to calling plenty of winners. I do, I do, and hope maybe even as soon as Thursday, I notice you've got to drive uh, for Sloys on, on Thursday, Rock of Delight, I think, for memory, Barrier 7, so you'll be inside that, that second row, but uh, you've, you've had success at Penrith in the past, so um, how have you had any dialogue with the, the stable to see how the horse is going at the moment? Uh, I haven't, yes. Um, Penrith is uh, an interesting interesting um track to drive mm. drive us it's um sometimes hard to navigate if you come from back in the field because there's a lot of traffic to uh get past it's uh usually easier if you can get the lead and just um uh run along a bit but um yeah we'll see what the connections say and what they think of the horse good luck thank you all right we've got Another big week of racing. There is racing all over the state every every day this week. Uh, nine races at Menangle today, uh, Freddie. So good card, good card ahead of us. Yeah, a couple of trotters races and um, just an all round good card. The back end of the cards, uh, yeah, pretty tough. There, there's some open races there today. We've got uh, Young on tonight. We've got Bathurst tomorrow. Tamworth and Penrith on Thursday. Dubbo and West Wylong on Friday. Newcastle Friday. And Monday, so they've got the double up either side of the weekend. Um, interesting, West Wyalong, that's the key lead into their Carnival of Cups meeting on the 28th down there. So, uh, really excited to see what West Wyalong do. They've got a great little venue there. They've got some excellent new facilities too. And I did a bit of a road trip around there a couple of months ago. They were, you know, really proud of some of the, the infrastructure work that's happened trackside. So I think they're going to put on a, a really a really good event there on the 28th. But good luck to them this Friday as they as they warm up for that. Now Menangle this Saturday as we, we've kind of talked a lot about the Breeders' Challenge Series and, and, and as we should, but we've got four-year-old qualifiers for the Entires and Geldings, and we've got the heats for the um, we've got two-year-olds, sorry, we've got the three-year-old three semis. Yeah, the semis yeah. My yeah. notes are a little bit wrong yeah. here. So we've got a big night of racing all leading up then, obviously, to that blockbuster night on the 29th of October, which has got, what, five Group 1s and Oh, group know, ones. So there's many the other cool races. Yeah. Cap and yep. Play. There's the Rising the Lens Stars. Smith the Len Smith Mile. Just a few few uh, races. Just on that very quickly on that three year old. We, we touched on it earlier that uh, my ultimate Ronnie's probably in that tougher semi because he's up against Leap to Fame and Mahomes. I think Byron is in the, definitely the easiest of the semis. But that second semi is an absolute ripper, and Leap to Fame is drawn out wide. Yeah. So you know you'd expect him to be there. And Ronnie, and it all shapes as though the final is going to be an absolute corker. We, we talk about these Breeders' Challenge finals, the way they shape up. The three-year-old Colts and Geldings is looking as though it's going to be potentially the race of the series. Absolutely, and the two-year-olds were so fascinating last year. To see them come through and now mm. emerge as, as really good three-year-olds is is, uh, is really exciting. Um, just on So yeah, Byron drew one, Ronnie drew three, and then we had Mahomes and Leap to Phone both drew nine. I mean, that, they'll shift in a little bit with the emergency. So um, the, in the three-year-old Philly semis, Steno drew four, Madrid drew three in the other semi. So pretty identical. We're going to get a good look at how they match up. We saw them so, um, so similar through the campaign, through the, through the heats. Uh, New South Wales, we'll, we'll break that down a little bit more tomorrow night, Wednesday night, if, when, if you're listening to this down the track of this podcast, Wednesday night, 7pm on Sky 2. Brittany Graham and myself will be going through the Breeders' Challenge in a lot more depth on New South Wales bread on Sky Racing 2. So uh, look out for that. All right, we, we have gone quite long this show, and, I, and 
And the other thing is, I, I'm noticing through the headphones a little bit of wind noise. So if you're listening to this and there's a little bit of that, it's the price you pay for being in this beautiful setting, trackside under some nice, <laughs> and, and the weather's been so inconsistent while we've been sitting here for the last 45 minutes. It hasn't rained, Paul, and that yet. is the mate. It hasn't <laughs> rained, but I felt like I've needed Jess's sunglasses. Jess's hair has not frizzed for those watching the live stream. There's been Thank times you. where I feel like I've needed, I've needed the sunnies, other times I've needed the fluoro lighting. It's kind of gone a bit like that, but we're going to get through some great racing this afternoon now. Speaking of what's coming up, um, Jess, you, you've been on fire with, with Black Bookers. What do you got for us? I have. I'm heading back down to Wagga last Friday and Rock of Joy. She landed without cover before being dragged back to last and then motored home in a final last quarter of 26-1. So I'll be following her into the future for Dave Urell and Bill Trembath. Good stuff. What about you, Freddie? I touched on it earlier. I think my ultimate buyer in there is Upward Scope. Uh, for improvement from what he you know he only won by a slender margin here last week but I just think the way he did it he kept coming um, I, I just think he is the horse to follow and and who knows depending on how the barrier draw falls and how the the final field shapes up he could be the the sleeper in the three-year-old Colton Gilding so yeah. my ultimate Byron for me Jared's and if they both get through Ronnie and Jared um, and Byron Jared's gonna have a, an interesting choice he's gonna have to make finding a driver for well, it looks like Byron Cameron seems to have declared his hand. He wants to drive Ronnie. So, yeah. Sophia, make sure you have you got, a, got one to keep an eye out for us? Um, well, I have one uh, that's got its first start today, actually, that um, you might do a bit wrong. Uh, there's a two-year-old trotter of Ricky's uh, What's Up Party Time. Um, it's we can do a bit wrong, but I think it's going to be a nice horse in the future. So I'd Fantastic. keep an eye on it. Fantastic. So All right. Well, we, we, we have a good strike rate with our black bookers on this show, so let's hope that uh, some people – let's hope they do well and some people are following in and, you know, hey, if, you, if, if we manage to find one for you, make sure you tell people as well because it, it certainly helps us, uh, helps us grow the show. Now, speaking of growing the show, if you are listening, uh, do us a favour, subscribe, follow, like, whatever it is across. The, the, this show is available as a podcast on so many platforms. You know, your Spotify's and your Apple Podcasts are two of the more popular ones, but there's a lot out there. If you are following, please give us a share, follow, or review, if you, only if it's a good one, obviously. <laughs> and, uh, and, but, but word of mouth is such a great thing when it comes to, you know, sharing the journey with with podcasts and letting people know i mean you know it's like i'm always hearing hey you got it got something to watch on netflix or something like that well the same applies to podcasts people always seem to be sort of like got a podcast to listen to well make sure you mention the sprint lane when that when that question gets posed so jess thanks for joining us on the show thank you for having having us track side at your track here that's all right picturesque the weather held off it was perfect so might have to do another outside broadcast again soon. Freddie, you got a call here this afternoon. We better move because you won't see the horses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm got to get up all those stairs up there. So, um, yeah, I better skedaddle shortly. But, uh, yeah, no, good day coming up and uh, it's been good to be part of uh, Episode 6, our very first outside broadcast. Yeah, and, and, and it provided the weather is kind to us. We might do a few more of these. Thank you for joining us on the show. It's been really... Um, fascinating to hear your story. I think you've got one of the more fascinating stories in, particularly in harness racing here in New South Wales. So thanks for joining us to share that. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. All good. To everyone out there listening, tuning in on the live stream, thank you for your, your company uh, through episode six of the Sprint Lane. We hope you'll stay with us and join us again next week. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. <laughs>